listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Um, I'm going to talk about, and you saw the title, Christians Respond to Forced Jibbity Jabs. Um, I want to break it down into a few different parts. I'm going to talk about... um, I'm going to talk about Bible prophecy. Number one, I'm going to uh, I'm going to talk about uh, the plans moving forward. What does this mean? I'm going to talk about how Christians uh, should think about responding. And uh, I had questions yesterday, and of course, if you have questions, uh, I'll do my best to answer them in the, as you put them in the comments today. What we're doing moving forward, and um, and so we'll, we'll try to hit all four of those things. Um, in the broadcast today. So, and, and those of you that are listening on the podcast, thanks for joining me. Um, not in the studio. If it sounds weird and you're just like listening to this like a year later on the podcast, I'm not in studio. I'm in like a big ping pong room in a rented house. And that's why you hear like an, a bit of an echo behind me because it's not a soundproof treated studio. It's big like family room type place. So that explains that echo for you. Um, I'm going to start by reading from scripture, because one of the things we have people ask us is, you know, what this means in relation to Bible prophecy. I have people ask that. I have people talk about it with me. Um, They ask me flat out a lot of times, you know, about is this, is what's going on the mark of the beast? And so I want to start by, by reading some scripture to you. And, and talk about what the Bible says first. Um, I'm going to read. Be, we're going we're gonna to look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And we're going to look at Revelation 13. But I want to take you first to 2 Thessalonians 2. And before we read this, let me just say that when it comes to Bible prophecy, when it comes to eschatology, um, you know, there are people that believe different ways, obviously. And this is not uh, any kind of a, a rip on, on anybody else. It's just, this is the way that I believe as a Pentecostal preacher. Hey, Zach Wilson, love you, buddy. I understand, um, first of all, and I'll, I'll just put this out at the front because I understand that there's differing viewpoints. I understand that not everybody believes in a pre-tribulation rapture. I get that. I don't have you know this this misconception that my way of believing is how everyone believes. I, I understand it. I have friends that don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. And uh, there are people that they believe in a, a mid-tribulation rapture. There are some people that just believe in the second coming of Christ, that there will be no uh, true rapture of the saints in that way. Uh, and then there's people that don't take some of these things literally as far as they don't believe in a literal seven-year tribulation uh, and things like that. But I get all that. But what I'm talking about today is going to be discussed from the perspective that I hold, which is a pre-tribulation rapture, uh, seven years of tribulation, literal years, 
an antichrist, an actual man that rises up uh, to take control in the world, who I believe the Bible calls the man of lawlessness, which we're going to read here in Second Thessalonians. So I get it. If people jump on and that's you know they they hold a different viewpoint, I'm a Pentecostal preacher that believes that we have dominion over the devil and all of the power of the devil. I believe that we have dominion over demons. I believe we have dominion over the Antichrist spirit and the Antichrist agenda. If you've heard me preach for any period of time, you'll know that I believe that we have dominion in the earth now, that the story of the world doesn't have to be our story. You know that I believe that and have preached it for years now. So what I'm discussing today is going to be discussed from that perspective uh, of uh, pre-tribulation rapture, dominion over the devil, uh, dominion over the Antichrist spirit and agenda. So take a minute to share this on social media and uh, get the word out because it needs to be heard. Enough people are asking questions that we need to discuss it and talk about it. So on this timeline that, that I do believe and hold, uh, we have to understand that there will be uh, an Antichrist who rises up uh, to, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm just not doing Facebook this week, Jeremiah. I'm only on YouTube all week, by the way. That's a an announcement that I forgot to make this morning. But all week long, while I'm here in Montana, I'm only going to be on YouTube. No Facebook, no Twitter. So uh, it'll, it'll only be here. I'm in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul's writing to this church. And um, I'll start with verse 1 so we have the full context of what's being said here. But let me read this to you. It says, and Paul wrote this, Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has already come. Let nobody deceive you in that way. For that day will not come unless the rebellion come first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things and you know what is restraining him now? so that he may be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming." The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so to be saved. Verse 11, therefore God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So right there, that's the first 12 verses of 2 Thessalonians 2 as Paul is teaching about the coming of the lawless one, the, the Antichrist. And um, the reason I'm starting here is because I want you to understand there's a progression. There's a progression between the timeline 
uh, of the end times. And when you read this passage, many scholars agree on this. Obviously, we believe that the, the man of lawlessness that Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming is the Antichrist. And um, the Bible says here in 2 Thessalonians 2, even though the mystery of lawlessness is already at work in the earth, and this is 2,000 years ago, he who now restrains it will do so until he's out of the way. That's verse seven. And the Bible says that there is someone who is restraining this man from taking power, from rising up, from being revealed. And, and the, I believe, and many scholars agree, that the one who is restraining the Antichrist is the church of Jesus Christ who carries the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, I don't believe it's the Holy Spirit that's restraining him because the Holy Spirit can never be taken out of the way of anything. He's an omnipresent being. He's everywhere. You can't remove. In fact, the psalmist wrote, if I go down to hell and make my bed in hell, you are there. So he's an omnipresent being. You can't remove the Holy Spirit from any place, any location. And so uh, this passage seems to indicate that until the one who is restraining the Antichrist is moved out of the way. Now, this is partly, I believe, the purpose of the rapture of the church because I, I talked about this last night. Jesus said that we are the salt of the earth and that we're the light of the world. And one of the things, and I think we even talked about it a little bit yesterday, that salt was used in those days before refrigeration technology as a way to preserve meat, to, uh, to push off the rot uh, for, for a different period of time so that you'd have more time to eat and use the meat. If meat is not salted and not refrigerated, it will rot. Understanding that we are the salt of the earth and we are the ones who are not stopping the rot, but we are delaying it. And so you can see that even though the church uh, that is filled with the Holy Ghost is on the earth right now. It doesn't mean that there's not a degradation of society. It doesn't mean that there's uh, that we're completely keeping all sin from taking place. It doesn't mean that there's no wickedness at work. It doesn't mean that the Antichrist system is not pushing back. All those things are happening. All it means is that we are slowing the decay of this society. We're slowing the decay of this world, and when we are removed, I mean, you just look at last year. Look at 2020. As churches were deemed non-essential and shut down, and you saw the rise in all of these different things that took place, depressions on the rise, suicides on the rise, crimes on the rise, looting, problems, issues. What do you think is going to happen when you take the people of God and the power of God out of society? What do you think is going to happen? Obviously, we're the salt of the earth. We are holding back the degradation of society and the rot that sin brings. I'll tell you this. When we are removed from the earth, it's going to be a whole different story. When the church is removed from the earth, it's going to be a whole different story. It's going to be a quick downfall of society. 
I mean, just look how fast things seem to shift. The Antichrist takes power. Seven years. I mean, literally within three and a half years, he's in a place where he's ruling the entire world. And for the final three and a half years, ruling and reigning until uh, the, the second coming of Christ. Whereas Paul said, uh, Jesus Christ will kill him with the breath of his mouth and bring him to nothing by the appearance of his coming. And so we know that these things are going to happen. Bible prophecies laser accurate. It's laser accurate. Some people have referred to it as history written in advance. It is laser accurate. It's actually scientifically impossible. The odds that uh, all the things that have happened and have come to pass already, scientifically impossible. I've dealt with that on the broadcast. Even the ones about Jesus, scientifically impossible. When you know that Jesus, who fulfilled you know, over 70 prophecies given about one man, and the odds that eight of them would be fulfilled by the same person were one in 100 quadrillion. It's a, it's a number that's so big people can't fathom it. It's a one with 17, 17 zeros behind it. Think about that. So... It's just, it's, it's laser accurate. We know these things are going to come to pass. The thing is, what's the timeline? So let me move on. Let me read. Hold on. I just killed a spider. Um, that's right. You had an antichrist spirit and I killed you. Um, <laughs> let me take you now to Revelation chapter 13. And uh, hey, Hope. Let's go to Revelation 13, and I want to show you this. <clears throat> I'll start reading with verse 11 as the Bible starts to talk about the second beast. So we know that there is going to be an Antichrist. We know that, uh, no question about it. But then people have asked me, well, what do you think about what's going on right now? What do you think about this, uh, the, the forced jab and all that's, all that's happening? Do you think it's the mark of the beast? People have asked me that. Do you think it's the mark of the beast? And uh, I want, now that now that you understand the timeline a little bit better of what we believe, let's read in Revelation chapter 13 what the Bible says. I'm in Revelation 13, and I'm going to start reading with verse 11, where the Bible says, Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence. And makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. Let me just break this down for you quickly. Uh, if you read the first half of this chapter, the first beast seems to indicate the Antichrist. Whereas the second beast seems to in indicate the false prophet, a religious leader that will rise up in the time of the Antichrist. The, the Antichrist and the false prophet. And... Um, one of the things that I wanted to deal with is that the Bible says uh, in the 12th verse that the false prophet, the second beast, exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence. And it makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. So uh, Bible scholars, eschatology teachers believe, some of them, that the Antichrist, for the first half of the tribulation, uh, will just be a normal man guided by an Antichrist spirit. And then they seem to, they believe because of this passage, and, and 
passages before it here, that he will take a mortal wound, meaning something like an assassination attempt or some kind of a, uh, uh, the Bible says a mortal wound to one of his heads. And then, of course, this passage I just read you said uh, that uh, his mortal wound would be healed. So there are scholars that believe that the Antichrist, halfway through the tribulation, will take a mortal wound to his head, some sort of killing blow um, to his head, whether that be a gunshot wound, uh, whatever it might, I don't know what it is, but that's what it seems to indicate. And then here we see in Revelation 13 that that mortal wound would be healed. So some have talked about the fact that it could be like uh, some sort of a false resurrection to mimic what Jesus did in resurrection. And uh, now, some, now some scholars that I've read have said that the Lord will actually allow the Antichrist to truly be resurrected from the dead for the purposes of God's judgment on the earth. Because look what happens. The Bible says the mortal wound was healed and it performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives all those who dwell on the earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. Uh, if you go back and read about, um, I'll just read it to you. This is back in the third verse of the same chapter. The Bible says, one of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. So it seems like this is the thing where in Bible prophecy, everything shifts from the Antichrist just having power over a certain region of the earth, maybe the revived Roman Empire, to a place where now, because of his supposed resurrection, the whole earth, the Bible says, marveled as they followed the beast. So it seems to go from a regional rule to a, a, a global rule. And so here we are uh, reading back, back in the later part of this same uh, chapter. And look at this. The Bible says, um, verse 14, and by the signs it's allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on the earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Now catch verse 16 is where I want to go with this, 17 and 18. Also, it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or on the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark, that is, the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast for the number, it is the number of a man and his number is 666. So let me let me get into this now because we've just read the passage. I didn't want to just reference it. I wanted, it, I wanted to read it to you in context so that you had an understanding. When people ask me, is what's going on right now the mark of the beast? 
I tell them no. This is not the mark of the beast. Why do I say that? Well, if you look at the timeline of what's happening in Scripture, if you believe as I do, then you would have to understand there would have to first come uh, that Antichrist figure. He would have to reveal himself and have to rise to power. That's the first thing that would have to happen, according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that that man who is a representation of Antichrist would have to rise to power and be revealed. The Bible says he can't be revealed until the one restraining him is moved out of the way. And then Revelation 13 tells us that uh, it is after this mortal wound to his head and then his supposed resurrection, according to Scripture, that the whole earth begins to follow after him. The second beast rises up, a, a religious leader of some sort, the false prophet, that makes the world begin to worship the beast, performing great signs and even making fire come down from heaven to the earth in front of people. And so uh, it seems as though, and, and I know that there are uh, scholars that hold to this thought, that halfway through this tribulation period, uh, the beast, the, the first beast, the Antichrist, is possessed by the spirit of Satan to begin to do what uh, he will do globally. But notice it is at this time that this mark is to be given for small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be marked on their right hand or on their forehead. Um, and so when people ask me, do I believe what's going on right now is the mark of the beast? I tell them, no, I don't believe it. Now, I, I understand and I make room for the fact that, I, that not everybody believes the way that I believe uh, when it comes to end times Bible prophecy. I get that. I'm not trying to uh, condemn anybody if they don't, but I don't believe that. Um, Giselle says, is the Antichrist going to be here before the rapture or for the tribulation? I believe, as we just read Giselle from 2 Thessalonians 2, I believe that it is the removal of the church in the rapture that allows the Antichrist to be revealed because I believe we are the one restraining the Antichrist. The, uh, the church that is filled with the Holy Ghost, the domineering force on the earth, the most powerful force on the earth, the devil. Now think about this before we go further. The devil doesn't even know when Jesus is coming. In fact, the Bible says nobody knows the day or the hour. In fact, Jesus said, oh, it is only for my Father in heaven to know these things. So even when Jesus was on the earth, he did not know the timeline, the time frame. And if Jesus doesn't know, then the devil doesn't know. Which means if you believe this way, if you believe that there's going to be a uh, an actual antichrist man that, that takes power in the earth and that Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth, then that means that the devil would have to always be ready, doesn't it? It means that since he doesn't know when these things are gonna take place, he has to always be ready with someone waiting in the wings to fulfill that role when the church is raptured and when he's given uh, authority to, to carry out his plans. It's really God's plan to judge the earth. So you think about it, that if the devil doesn't know, there must have always had to be people ready to rise up and to take that role as antichrist. And so the devil's had to wait and he's had to wait for 2,000 years 
until God is ready uh, with his plan. So when people ask me that, I tell them, no, I don't believe that what's going on right now, the forced jab, I do not believe that it is the mark of the beast. However, let me say there, there is a caveat here. Man, this is good coffee. I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you how good it is. It's good. It is very good. Um, the caveat is this. I believe that there are infrastructures being set up already and have been set up to facilitate what's going to happen in the last days. I don't believe that the church is going to be raptured and then the Antichrist will rise up out of obscurity and then he'll take seven years to set up his uh, Antichrist infrastructure. I don't believe that. I believe that it will already be in place by the time the church is gone and I believe that much of it is already in place. So you start to see these things happen in, in uh, kind of ahead of time, you know? So like, look at where we're at right now. Look where we're at right now in the world. Look at these other countries. Maybe if you, you might be watching from another country, but look what's going on in China. Look what's going on in Australia. Look what's happening in the European Union. L look what's going on. Look at how they're treating people. Look at, look at the way that they've put a, they, they've clamped down and they've used this as a method and a form of control to keep people from being able to do what they want to do and to make them do what the government wants them to do. It is no question it is a, a method of control. And I can clearly see that, and I'm sure you can now as well. But it's interesting because everybody seems to be getting uh, strung along little by little. It's like, you know... Little by little, I heard, I saw somebody post the other day. You know what the hardest thing is about the 15 days to flatten the curve? The first 18 months. That's the hardest thing. The first 18 months. And so it's like people are being strung along little by little, little by, well, it's not, we're not saying you can't do this. You just can't do this. And you see what, you see what's going on, right? It started out, well, it's just, we just need 15 days. And then it was longer. And then we just need everybody to mask up. And then we just need everybody to wear two masks. I went into a, Sephora to buy my wife some makeup or something that she needed me to pick up. And I walked into Sephora in the mall and I had a mask on, no lie. And a lady ran over to me. She ran and she had like one of those forced smiles on her face. And she was like, Hey, so glad to have you in the store. Um, is there anything I can help you with? She said, but before I help you, could you just put on a mask? And I looked at her like she had two heads. I was like, I'm wearing a mask. And she was like, yeah, but uh, it's not good enough. It's not, it's, not, it's not good enough. I had an actual mask on. She said, it's not, it's not good enough. She was like, our company actually requires double masking if you're going to come into the store. I said, are you serious? She's like, yeah, if you could just step over here and put a mask over your mask. I said, you're insane. <laughs> I, said. I said, you're insane. I ain't putting two masks on. I said, it, it took a miracle for me to get one on. That's what I'm thinking. It took a miracle for me to get one on to just come to the store. And, and I, I just turned around and walked out. I said, you people are nuts. I mean, like literally out of your minds. And uh, I'm just telling you, and it's little by little. Now they want to push something else on you. So social distance and all this stuff. And then you're finding out months later that these things don't really matter. I mean, if you, if you understood that Fauci's emails came out and he admitted in his own emails that the things didn't matter and were not as effective as they were saying that they were, right? 
So they were saying that about the mask. They said that about the social distancing. You know, there's people outside. I want you to think about this. Outside where the wind is blowing and, you know, you're not crammed in a room. And people are already far apart. I saw a video of a lady who was at the beach and apparently she was like a nurse or some sort of whatever. I don't know what she was. But there was a guy walking from the street towards the beach and he had no mask on. This lady was such a Karen that she ran across the beach. First of all, she was already like 300 yards away from him. She ran across the beach and ran up into his face and started screaming at him to put a mask on. She didn't have a mask on. <laughs> this, you, can't, you can't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. She ran and started and started screaming in his, in his face, like got nose to nose with him, started screaming because she was interested in his, <laughs> in his safety. And so she's up in his face, nose to nose, screaming at him that he doesn't care about people's safety. And he's like looking at her like she's an, a nut job. And people have lost their minds. When you see people driving in their car with a mask on and a face shield and there's nobody else in the vehicle Something has broken loose up here. What, are, what is going to happen to you in your car by yourself that you need to wear a, a mask and a face shield and gloves in your vehicle by yourself with all the windows rolled up? I mean, what do you think? The, the invisible man is in your car going to give you COVID? And so people have asked me, well, do you think this is the mark of the beast? No, but I do think... I do think that the infrastructure is already being set up, right? So what does the Bible say in Revelation 13? It says that nobody will be able to buy or sell without this mark in their right hand or in their forehead. And if you're just logging on, you've not had a chance to share this yet, take a minute to share this broadcast because it needs to be heard by Christians because we're going to get into the now we're going to get into the second half because the the question is this do you think the infrastructure is already being yes i believe the infrastructure is set up the reason that i don't believe as some did in previous generations that you know the mark of the beast is going to be some sort of a tattoo i don't believe it's going to be a tattoo if you ever watched some you know old uh christian movie poorly produced about the end times it was something like, you know, you saw people with like barcodes on their hands or on the back of their heads or on the, or excuse me, on their foreheads or whatever, or you saw some kind of a tattoo of just the number. Uh, I don't believe necessarily it's going to be some tattoo or, or whatever. I do believe that it'll have some sort of uh, electronic aspect to it. It has to, because look at the way the world has gone I mean, everything is digital. Everything's digital. The way that I look at it and you, the way you see it, everybody's shopping online. Everybody is shopping on Amazon. People are having things ordered to their homes, all of these different things. And uh, it would have to be some sort of, and I'm not making a prediction. I'm just saying that in my mind, when you think about it, it has to be some sort of electronic chip or some NFC technology. Um, it, 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 I just feel like it has to be because 
uh, all of these purchases make being made worldwide, uh, you, you start to realize it's so much easier to control what is taking place transactionally if you can remotely turn it off, right? That's why cash is such a problem. If you haven't noticed this, this is why cash is such a problem. Because think about this. As long as there's cash, you can make transactions that are under the radar, right? You can make transactions that are under the table, under the, under the radar that nobody knows about. You want to buy a gun from your buddy? You just give him cash, right? And you buy, his, you buy a gun from your buddy for cash. Nobody knows about the transaction. Nobody knows that you bought it. Nobody knows that you now took possession of it. You, you understand? And so, of course, governments don't want this. Of course, they don't want uh, people to have the ability to do things under the radar of governmental oversight. Of course not. Of course not. And so this is why things like cash are such a problem and uh, things like cryptocurrency is throwing a, a wrench in the monkey works or a monkey wrench in the works because, uh, and it really is the monkey works if you think about it, but cryptocurrency, that's why governments are starting to develop their own cryptocurrencies because uh, they're understanding what's going on. They're, they see they've lost control in certain areas. Cryptocurrency is a wrench in the works. Why? If you don't understand uh, how it works, uh, cryptocurrency is end-to-end -end encrypted so that literally uh, the whole time that a transaction is made, it is washed so many times in the blockchain that there, there's no way to know who sent the transaction and there's no way to know who received it except for the person who sent it and the person who received it. And it throws a wrench. Because it's another thing that decentralizes uh, currency to where it can't be controlled by a government, where it can't be controlled by uh, anybody that, uh, no, not yet, but what about last year? Deb said, I haven't had any problems paying cash yet. If you traveled like I did last year, there were all kinds of stores in 2020 that had shut cash down for health purposes, shut cash down. It was card only. It's card only. Or if you had some, if you didn't have a card, you could still use some sort of an NFC payment. Like if you have your phone out, you can use Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, Google Wallet, whatever you have that's digital. Or if you've got your Apple Watch on or another smartwatch that had that NFC chip in it, you could pay with your watch or with your phone or with a card. But I was in all kinds of places that would not take any kind of cash. All kinds of them. Katie said Aldi was no cash last year. Um, Kristen said there's many cashless venues now. It's all over the place. And, and uh, yeah, they start to talk about there's a coin shortage or a cash shortage. There ain't no shortage. They just don't want you using it. They just don't want you using it. Uh, yeah, people say our stores now, no cash back when you use a card. There's all kinds of little steps being taken to stop the flow of cash. They don't want cash. They don't want that. We need to move to a cashless society, they believe, in order to... Now, they, they'll tell us it's it's better, it's safer, whatever. No, it allows for more control is what happens. It allows for more control. And so 
when you see these things happen, that's why it's my opinion that when this mark takes place, it won't just be a tattoo and it's not going to just be some barcode. It will be some sort of, think, think of this. If you have um, an Apple product of any sort, maybe you'll understand that uh, any, any smartphone really, as I just mentioned, has some form of um, NFC technology in it where you can pay with your phone. You know, you can hold your phone up at the register and it scans the chip that's in your phone, whether that's Apple Pay, Google Wallet, Samsung Pay, whatever. And you can pay right through your phone or your even your watch if you've got a watch on. And so I've always said this, it's the natural progression. It started in your phone. It goes into your watch. Well, what's to stop it? Why not the next step going from your watch right into your hand so that you don't even have to remember your watch from home anymore? Or from your hand, maybe maybe into your forehead, so that it's very easy. And you know, I'm, you know what's going to happen? I guarantee you this. I guarantee you this. That you're going to have discussions like this, uh, which is why I believe that there's so many of these hacks that are going on. You know, Best Buy's been hacked, and Target's been hacked, and you know, accounts have been stolen. I believe they will play on the factor of identity theft and safety and convenience as the main reasons to switch to this, right? Uh, first of all, convenience. You don't have to remember your watch. You don't have to remember your phone. Even if you're out by yourself, you can use uh, you can use your hand, you can use your head. But what about when they start pushing this? We've seen so much identity theft. We've people seen stealing other people's identities. We don't want that to happen to you. You know, I had it happen to me where my bank account was hacked. Has anybody else had that? Where there's like this, this uh, uh, I was at the beach when I still lived in Virginia. And I opened up my phone and opened up my banking app. And I checked my balance. And my balance was negative $999,999. I was like, what did Carolyn buy? It was like a million dollars in the hole. And, uh, you know, all these different hacks. And they're stealing people's accounts and they're stealing people's identities. Well, of course, of course. And they'll put that in. And yeah, that's true, Denise. I'm going to get into that. Technology is already there for biological microchips. Um, I was thinking to myself, what in the world? And then all these hacks are happening. Well, of course, it's going to be one of the points to convince you, to convince you that, you know what? Um, your identity is going to be stolen. You need to have a way so that your identity cannot be stolen from you, whatever. And now we have facial scans, and we've, we can we can scan our hands. And you look at our, you look at your computer. If you've got a MacBook Pro or any of these new computers, you can open it and unlock it and buy things with your fingerprint. I can put my finger on the little uh, touch ID on the top of my MacBook, and I can buy something from the internet without ever having to put a card in or anything anything like that. Man, this was years ago when I was still. Uh, when I was still living in Virginia, we had a grocery store that moved to it to where you could start paying for all your groceries as you walked out the door with your fingerprint. So don't tell me the stuff's not there. Um, wow, Dylan said that he got, just got hacked last week for the first time in 13 years and the bank refused to stand behind it. Wow. So, I mean, you, you think about this. The technology's not coming. It's It's been here for a long time. People don't know this, but... Uh, the first families that were were microchipped in America were microchipped in 1996 in Florida by a company called 
Uh, back then, it was called the um, Verichip Corporation. You can Google all this. They they went ahead and changed and rebranded from the Verichip Corporation to Positive ID Corporation. And I believe they're still called the Positive ID Corporation. And they create implantable microchips, uh, what they would call... Um, it's not NFC in the same way that it's in your, uh, it's NFID. So it's near field identification chips uh, where you could put your whole medical history on the chip, all these different things, uh, your banking information so that if you ever went to the uh, hospital and you were in a coma, all they would have to do is scan the chip. This is how they're marketing it. And they would know all of your medical history. They would know what you're allergic to. They would know what medications you're on. All of those different things just by the implantable microchip, the NFID, that Positive ID Corporation um, uh, creates. So the first families that received it in testing, 1996, it's not coming. It's been around for a long time. Um, I just saw the um, report today on the news, a friend of mine posted it online, that the the Pentagon now, the Pentagon has, deliver, uh, has developed a microchip that can detect... COVID. So it's like, here we go. Here we go. Uh, look that up for yourself. The, the, uh, the Pentagon has developed a microchip um, and, that can detect COVID. And you're right, Ava. You know, Amazon has stores where you can go in. They know who you are with your device. That's exactly right. She's exactly right. They bought Whole Foods, by the way. And there are some Whole Foods where you can just go in with your Amazon app open and you, they have a few prototype stores where you can just take things off the shelf, put them in your basket, and they know what you have put in to your cart, and you don't even have to go to a register. You can walk out the door uh, with your stuff in the bag, and it just charges your Amazon account. And so uh, these things are, you know, they're happening. So uh, it's not coming. It's already it's it's already here. And so it's just going to be an easy shift. Now, I want, I want you to think about this. Again, now I've, I've said this before we move to the final phase I don't believe that what's going on right now, the actual jab, forced or not, is the mark of the beast. I do not believe that because I don't believe we're in that time right now. I believe that it's a marker. I believe that it's a test. I believe that it's uh, you know, part of the setup of the infrastructure that will facilitate ultimately the mark of the beast. But I do not believe that that's where we are uh, currently. Um, Salome says, what would you do if they'd come to your door to hold you down and force the jab on you, would it be okay? I have weapons in my house and you better believe that I would use them. If anyone tried to, um, to forcibly in my own home, to come to my home or anywhere else, if they tried to forcibly uh, do that to me, they would feel the wrath. They would feel the wrath. You play and you mess with the bull and you get the horns. No, in, in all in all seriousness, I'm not playing around. I would protect myself, and I would protect my family at all costs. I would not, and I don't care if they're in a uniform or not in a uniform. I don't care if they're a medical professional. I don't care who they are. Uh, it would not matter to me if somebody came to my home and uh, and was was forcibly trying to against my will uh, do something like that to me or to my children. My it, it would it would be. I do own, I own not a gun. I own many guns. I own many guns because this is America. And um, 
And so I, I want you to understand that. I, I have no problem protecting myself and my family. I don't believe that that's anti-Christian by any means, by any means. And I would do it with all full force. With full force, I would do it and, and make sure that I protected myself and my family. But I don't believe it's the mark of the beast, but you can see where it is facilitating. You can see where it is facilitating the system of exactly how they do it. Think about this for a minute. Think about how dependent. Now, this is not conspiracy theory because you know the Bible teaches it. So let's think logically about, let's think logically about what are some things that would allow a tyrannical government to influence people, to manipulate people. Well, doesn't it make sense to you that uh, a government needs you to depend on them in order to fully manipulate you, right? So they need you to depend on them for food, for health care, all kinds of stuff. So don't you think that, it, it, now let, let's just play devil's advocate here. If there was an evil agenda by some government, and we know that historically governments have never been evil, but if, if, that, if that changed at some point in the future and governments decided to be evil, um, what is it that they could do to ensure you would be dependent upon them? Isn't it interesting that you could look at something like welfare and say, you know what, we'll use the welfare system to make sure that people are dependent upon us. We'll use the healthcare system. Why do you think the government is so interested in getting into healthcare? Why do you think? It is the biggest, biggest industry that there is. Biggest industry that there is. And so they get into healthcare. Uh, Medicare, Medicaid, you know, providing you money to get what you need from the, from the pharmacy. Uh, think about this. Uh, wouldn't it be, if, if that was the route, let's just say that I was a dictator. What, what's the route that I would go to ensure that more people than less were dependent upon my assistance? Well, I think it would be in my best interest as a, as a dictator to get people to the place, even if they try to reject my health care, to put people in my country in a place where they need my health care. So uh, wouldn't it be better to just continually uh, encourage and, and let lobbyists have control that even though we know it's against the health of our people at large, we need to still keep pumping thing into things into our society that we know are extremely unhealthy and that we know are destroying the bodies and the, phys the physicality of our population, making them get to a place where they have to have medication. Do you realize, now I'm going to give you uh, something here that blew my mind. I put this in my fasting book and listed all the sources. So if you think I'm just rattling this stuff off the top of my head, uh, like a conspiracy theorist, I've done the, the work already. I've done the research already. Uh, I've put this stuff in my book on fasting that came out last year. Do you realize Dr. Rhonda Patrick was on Joe Rogan's program? She's a long life specialist, a doctor. And she said that uh, over 50% of people in hospitals are being treated for something called metabolic syndrome, high triglycerides, diabetes, prediabetes, uh, high blood pressure, things like that. All of these things could be cured 
just by discipline and diet. That's it. No medication needed. No medication needed. So, you know, don't you think that in a society where we know these things, 50% of, our, of the people that are in hospitals, that's what they're being hospitalized for, one-third of Americans, one-third are either diabetic or pre-diabetic. So we're, we're, we've got the, one of the only nations with childhood obesity. If you can't tell that there's a plan to take down America, you're not even looking. You're not even looking. Your head's under a rock. See, there can't be a one-world system. There can't be a one-world government if there are still strong, independent nations that are doing their thing in the world. And part of the reason that America needs to be brought down low is so that this one-world system can be facilitated. So doesn't it make sense to you that you would want to uh, make the population sick, make the population poor, make the population dependent upon the government so that they can be easily controlled and manipulated. Of course that's the case. Of course that's the case. That's not even a question. Look at any country that's ever taken control from the people and look at the things that they've done. Look at the things they've done and you think it's any different. It's not any different. It's not any different. And it has to be done in order for Bible prophecy to come to pass. So I tell people it's not the mark of the beast. It's definitely facilitating the system. So the question then becomes like, what do we do as Christians? What should we do? My cousin uh, tweeted something, uh, I believe yesterday, I thought was an excellent way of looking at it. He said in 2020, we had to trust God to keep us uh, safe and healthy in our physical bodies, right? We had to trust God to keep us in healing and health. But in 2021, we have to trust God to keep us financially and keep us in a place of provision. Well, why? Because now, because now, they're starting to cr crack down so hard on people that people are being fired from their jobs because they won't take the jab. People are being fired from their jobs. People being fired. We've got people being let go. I have people, we have people writing our ministry constantly. What should I do? Because our, our, our corporation is, of course, now with the new mandates, any corporation that has over 100 employees uh, has to mandate the, the uh, jab for their, for their employees. So uh, what do you do as a Christian in these, in these days when they're forcing you, when they're pressuring you? Well, I think the first thing you got to do, the first thing you definitely need to do is you need to submit uh, uh, a religious exemption and you can get one. You can find it. If you need to have your pastor sign off on it uh, and, and, and in order to get it submitted to your corporation, you need to do it and send it to HR immediately, immediately. You need to have that religious exemption and you need to be, I'm, I'm just telling you, you need to, if you, if you, uh, if you have the ability, you need to lawyer up. I've had people write us in and say, listen, we, it's not happened at our job yet, but it's coming. And I just want you to know that we have lawyers. We're ready to go. You, if, you, if, it, if at all possible, lawyer up and be ready to sue your corporation. You say, well, really? Is that something a Christian would do? Something I'd do. It's something I'd do because I'm not going to allow my own faith to be trampled upon and I'm not taking a back seat to anybody because I won't be manipulated by the spirit of this world. 
The Bible teaches we need to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. There are some places that are acting like they will not allow religious exemption. I've heard that. People have told that to me. You need to still submit it, and you need to still take the steps to do it. I understand that. There are places that are denying exemptions, religious and medical. I understand. That's why you need to be ready legally to go at it. And this is really an unprecedented time. We've never seen this. Here's the other thing that's crazy. In the history of the world, we have never, ever developed a jab that has taken care of a respiratory problem, ever. Even the flu. We've never, ever had a, had a jab that's taken care fully of a respiratory problem. Look it up for yourself. You know, some of these countries are now recognizing. You know, it blows my mind. You get on, you get on the news and you you watch these people that are like all freaking out. And it, it is to, like a if you if you want to know the truth about it, it is a total show. The whole thing's a show because you go to college football games, walk right into a stadium packed with seventy thousand people, side by side by side, with no masks on, shouting jumping for their team, whatever. And then your kid has to go to school and sit at a desk where he's already uh, distanced from all the other students and still have to wear a mask and in some cases two masks. Meanwhile, you can leave school, get picked up by your parents and go next door to a restaurant and sit down with the same people, table away, same distance away from your desk. And literally you can sit there and eat with no mask on but your kid has to sit in school. <laughs> your kid literally has to sit in school with, with a mask or two masks on. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's a total show. It's a total show. I posted, I reposted somebody on Twitter. If you don't follow me on Twitter, go check it out. I, I reposted this guy on Twitter who was so tired of all of the, uh, the ridiculous uh, back and forth about it. He just went to the CDC website and he said, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. I'm just going to post the statistics from the CDC website. And he, I, I, I retweeted him yesterday. I put like must read post or thread. You need to go check it out on Twitter. He lists all of the different percentages. Let me see if I can actually pull it up. I'm going to read this to you. Um, he lists all of the different percentages of people that actually uh, died from or got uh, COVID. Let me see. Here it is. Check this out. Tired of the emotional reasoning. Went to the website, CDC website, sorted through the data myself. Here are the cold hard facts as of September the 4th, 2021. Total cases in the U.S., 40 million, a little bit over. Total deaths in the U.S., 643,858 deaths. Here are the deaths by age. 50 to 64 years old, 106,000. That's 2.7% of the total cases, of total cases. Catch that. Then 65 years old to 74 years old, 144,000 deaths. That's point. That's 3.6% of total cases. Um, or excuse me. I'm sorry, it's 0.27% of total cases. The second was 0.36%, 0.36 of 1%. 0.36% of 
0.43% for 75 to 84 years old. And for 85 plus years old, point almost half a percent of total cases. Now, here's what here's what's crazy. Because people asked him, well, what about the younger people? Here's the here's for the younger people. Your kids in school, by the way. This is your kids in school. Deaths as of 9-4-21. For people zero to 17 years old, there have been nationwide 412 deaths. 0.001 of total cases. For 18 years old to 29 years old, there have been 3,000 deaths. 0.0076% of total cases. For 30 to 39, that's my bracket, 8,634 deaths. That's 0.02% of, of the total cases. And for 40 years old to 49 years old, 22,000 deaths. That's 0.05% of total cases. Now, let me, let me show you something. This is, this is crazy. <clears throat> Listen to these. This is from the CDC website. 78% of total deaths are over the age of 65 years old. 94% of total deaths are over the age of 50. Now listen to this statistic from the CDC website. Only 6%, 6% of total deaths are attributed to COVID only. 94% of the deaths have an average of 2.9 comorbidities as of 12620. Think I saw that, Leslie. But think think about that. 94% of deaths took place by people that had almost three different comorbidities in their body. Three other things that could kill them. And I'm just telling you right now, if you don't recognize by this point that it's about control, you're not looking. You're not looking. <laughs> the only reason people are so afraid is because of what the media has said day after day after day after day. If the media, let, let me just tell you something. You go look at the deaths last year worldwide from tuberculosis. If the media had been propping up tuberculosis reports, everyone in America would be freaking out that they were going to get tuberculosis and die last year. But they didn't. They didn't even talk about it, but it killed more people than anything. So you go and look at that and, and wonder why. Why is it? Why is it that everybody's so afraid? The reason they're afraid is because all they've done is put it in front of our eyes for 18 months. And people have believed it. That's why I preached on last night, keeping your eyes on the word instead of on the world. Peter walked on the water as long as his eyes were on the word of God and he walked on the command of Christ. As soon as he started looking at the wind and the waves, he began to sink. That's what's happening with Christians. Christians are sinking because they've taken their eyes off of the word and off of uh, the commands of Christ. And they're sinking. Somebody asked me yesterday, they said, what will you do if it gets to the place where you cannot uh, travel on airlines if, you're, if you don't have the jab? What will you do? Well, I'll do whatever I have to do is the answer to that. I mean, if I've got a, a charter planes, if I've got to drive somewhere that's closer, I don't care. I'll do whatever I have to do to continue to do what the Lord's called me to do. 
But you're, you know, I'm not going to just say, well, you know what? They're making it really hard on us. And, uh, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It is that big of a deal. Because when am I, why would I, why am I turning my body over to people for fear mongering and for control? Why am I turning my body over to people? Makes no sense. Makes no sense. And so, and it's not, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And, and, and I'll tell you something else that really ticks me off is that when you've got preachers that are turning their churches into jab centers so that they can get money from the government, and that is happening, if you didn't know. You ever wonder why there's so many churches that are turning into jab centers in America? It's because they're getting paid off by the government. Paid off. One report I heard that somebody told me, there were pastors that were getting paid $5,000 a head for people in their church that they got vaccinated. Let me tell you something. You'll answer to God for that. There's, you know, it's like somebody said yesterday, you know, their church is closing down once every, once every seven weeks because, you know, people are saying, that, that doesn't even make logical sense. It makes no logical sense. We close down once every seven weeks to just try to help people that are, it's like, then either close down every week or be, or, or I don't understand why people are so inconsistent. It's, it's ridiculous. They're not even, they don't have like functional brains in their heads. You got pimps in the pulpit that are prostituting the people of God, taking government money. It's ridiculous. You think they're men of God and think they're women of God. You're not. You're going to answer to the Lord on Judgment Day for being a pimp and prostituting God's people so you can get some extra money in the church bank account. And I'm just telling you, it's happening. And what Bible prophecy said would come to pass is coming to pass. There's people that their their hearts are growing cold, their love's growing cold, they're falling away from the faith, they won't endure sound doctrine. If you missed yesterday's broadcast, you need to go back and watch it. How to prepare for what's coming. Bible prophecy, it's already written. It's already gonna come to pass. And Paul was very clear on what would happen in the last days. So, you, 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 need, to, you need to look at it. You need to be aware of it. And you got to do what you got to do. Now, I, I, I've, told, I've told you this. I don't condemn anybody that's gotten it. I know people that have gotten it. I have friends that have gotten it. I have pastor friends that have gotten it. I'm not going to, I'm not bashing them. I'm not, I'm just telling you I'm not getting it. And I know there's many of you that have said you're not getting it. And, and I'm with you. Oh, yes, they are, Adam. Yes, they are. Or be fired. Apparently, your head's been in the sand and you have no idea what's going on in America if you think no one's forcing anyone to get a jab. You have no idea what's going on. Nobody's forcing anybody. Yeah, or you can just have your income completely cut off or you can get it. No, that's not true. That's not true, Adam. They say stay home. I have people that have written me this week that said they had to take a pay cut. They said that their their employer... Their employer told them that even if they work from home, they require them to be jabbed or else they're, they're fired. So let me tell you, you've got no freaking idea what you're talking about. And people are being forced. They're being forced all over America. Doesn't mean people aren't dying. People are dying more from other things. You have no idea what you're talking about. Nobody said that it wasn't a real disease or that things that weren't really happening. 
It's just that it's been propped up for the purpose of control. And anybody, oh, I have three kids. I have three kids that we choose to homeschool because I'm not sending them to this cesspool of a educational system that are graduating seniors that can't even read books. You genius. Yeah, or you could homeschool. Look at that. Denise said, Delta Airlines is charging unvaccinated employees. They'll have $200 taken out of their paycheck until they're vaccinated. So there you go. There you go. So Adam either either is extremely stupid or he's extremely ignorant. Or it's possible that he's both. To get on and actually say nobody's forcing anyone to be vaccinated, you have to be a total moron to believe that. Total moron. Yeah. Christina Mendez said, I just lost my job. What do you know? You don't, he doesn't know anything. Sit in his mom's basement in his whitey tighties with Cheetos crumbs on his pants. Absolute moron. But you know what the problem is? That that's what the average American is. Just like Adam. No logical brain in their head. Just believe whatever. Just believe what, yeah, exactly. And just stay home. Total moron. Has no, no logical brain in his head working. And that's exactly what's going on. As his mom keeps bringing him peanut butter jelly sandwiches in the basement so he can play video games. Meanwhile, you got real people with real families that are being forced to do these things or either take a pay cut or be fired from their job. No, but you're not being forced. You could just stay home with no job. Yeah, uh, that's a good idea. I, I'm going to do what Adam said. I'm just going to stay home, not work any job and not make any money for my family so we can go into abject poverty. Real people with families are dying. People are dying anyway. People are dying anyway. You think this is the first thing that happened in the world where people were dying, you genius? People are dying anyway. Not smart. Look at, look at this. Denise is writing. Colleges in New Hampshire won't let students participate in virtual classes unless vaccinated. They're trying to stay home and can't complete their education. Hey, Faith, channels can't be Christians. Channels can't accept Jesus into their heart. People aren't smart. People aren't smart at all. Go back in history. When did they force people to either be fired or be vaccinated? We lost, we've, we've lost freedoms because people don't have a logical brain in their head. Absolutely. People have lost their minds.
You can just stay home. Adam, you've already lost your credibility with everybody in the comments section because everything you've said has been proved, easily been proved false. Easily. Whatever that means. You know what the difference, see, here's how, here's how stupid people are if you're reading his comments. Next time you bash your head open, don't go see a doctor, go to TikTok. Whatever that means. First of all, if you have a problem, it is your free choice to go get medical care. It's a free choice. This is why people like him are so dumb. There's a big difference between having something happen to me and choosing to go get medical care and having those things forced upon my body. Not smart. Guess we can go drink and drive and drive whatever speed we want to. Okay. You know, what's, you know what's the big difference, Adam? Is me choosing to drink alcohol, which I don't, and having the government force me to get drunk. That's, that's the thing that would actually be a logical uh, analogy. It's not about what, what you can't do. It's about what they're making you do. It's not irrational. You have no logical brain in your head. I didn't say there was anything force, uh, false about how many people died. People are so dumb, I'm telling you. This is why America's in the state that it's in. It's because people have lost the ability to think logically. They don't have the ability to think logically. They just believe whatever anyone tells them. Let their, let their civil liberties be stripped away. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I'm telling you, if you... See, and, and Adam's a great, I'm glad Adam came on because he's a perfect example of why it's your free choice to stay home and not endanger the people. So what do you do, Adam, when you, when you, when you stay home and they won't let you participate in education? What do you do when you stay home and they won't let you make money? What do you do? What do you do when you can't make money for your family anymore? What do you do when you can't even participate in school from home anymore because you're not vaccinated so you can't take place in um, uh, until you're vaccinated. See what I mean? Not thinking. Adam's not thinking. And so it's just, it's, I'm glad he, he got on with the, uh, with his comments because it's proof as to what, how easy it will be to control a population. It, how easy it will be to control a population. So, you just, you just begin to look at it and understand this is how people, this is how people will be uh, like cattle pushed right into like one, one way of living. Oh, you know what? Guns are, guns are really dangerous. We should probably give them all up to the government. That's not true, Adam. So there's nothing. All of the, all of the things that you could do previously... Do you realize there's people that are lobbying for interstate travel vaccinations that you can't cross the border in interstate, not in not nation to nation, interstate without receiving? There's people pushing for that. There's people pushing for that. 
And so, yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. <clears throat> People don't even think logically about that. If you're vaccinated the va and the vaccine works, how are unvaccinated people endangering your life? Well, because it doesn't, it doesn't completely stop you from getting it. Okay, so then why get it? So then why get it? If masks work, then how come other people have to wear them? Why can't you just wear one if you want to? Well, because it doesn't completely stop you. Okay, so then what's the point? What's the point? People don't even think. People don't even think. And so the bottom line is, this is how this is how things, you know, the point I made before, your dependency on what the government has is what will end up. So the two things that I truly believe, I'll say this before I pray for you. The two things that I truly believe that will really cause people to be able to be controlled by a government is number one, medical care. And number two, it will be financial aid. Those will be the two major things that will keep people controllable. Like, for example, let's say, and let me, let me say this to you, and then, I'll, then I will pray for you. Let's say that by the, by the time that this all comes down with the Bible prophecies being fulfilled, what, it, what would happen? What would happen if the government said to you, until you take this mark, we will not give you any Medicare, Medicaid, you can't have a social security check, and you can't have any welfare, you can't have any financial assistance, you can't have any uh, medical care, none of that, until you get this mark. What would happen then? How fast do you think people would run to get that mark? Very, very fast. Because people are dependent on the government. You see? You can't have any of that. What do you do if an insurance company starts to tell you? You cannot be insured unless you have the mark. And I'm just telling you, it's not coming. It's already here. That stuff's already set in stone. It's already set in stone. You know what's interesting? How is it when they made the announcement, we're going to come to the houses of those that are unvaccinated and try to convince you to get it. Um, how do they have that data? <laughs> this is the question that I want to know. How do they have that data? How would you acquire that knowledge? So if you don't think there's already, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but evangelical Christians have already been placed on the terror list, if you don't know that. And if you don't think that the prophecies of Christ are coming to pass, where the Bible says that people, you'll be hated all over the world for my name's sake, it's already happened. It's already happening. And so that's what's going on in the world right now. 
is that we're just preparing for the final moments of time. We're preparing for the end times. And we're already in the, in the last days, but we're preparing for what's going to happen when the church is not here anymore. And that's where we're at. And people aren't smart enough to see it. That's why even Christians over the last 18 months have completely been shaken, completely been shaken. They stopped trusting the Lord. They stopped trusting in the word of God. They stopped even using their own logical minds, their rational thought. They stopped. They completely stopped. They just believed whatever was spewed to them. And I'm just telling you, it's insane. So if it were me, if it were me, I, if I were you, I would put that religious exemption in as soon as possible. And I'm telling you to lawyer up. I would be ready to go. I would be absolutely ready to go on every front. You know, and I, I can't tell you exactly what to do in every situation. I've had a lot of people write into our ministry. You know, I've had people stop me in live services. What should I do if this takes place? And so I'm just telling you, I'm not condemning you if you have gotten it. As I said, I have a lot of friends that have. I know a lot of people that have. I know ministers that have. And I'm not condemning them. You can do what you want. I'm just telling you, it's not me. I'm not doing it. And I've had a lot of people say, I'm not doing it either. And people say, what are you going to do if it gets even more uh, manipulative? Which it's already been. It's already been. Apparently, there's some people watching that have missed President Biden's uh, last last mandates. So now, you see that? The Air Force, a governmental agency, there are no exemptions. Any corporation now, thanks to the mandates that President Biden's given, any corporation that has over 100 employees uh, has to uh, force every employee in their corporation to be jabbed. So for anybody that thinks that it's, it's not being forced, they just don't have a brain in their head. Don't have a brain in their head. And so you're going to have to deal with it and you're going to have to deal with it to the best of your ability. I've already done. If you want to go back and look at it, our schools in America are cesspools. The ratio of student to teacher is far too high. And uh, I, I did. A, that's why I did a broadcast. What was it last week? If you have the ability to homeschool your child, you should do it. You absolutely should do it. Because our schools are cesspools, and not effective as they once were. <laughs> and I'm believing God. I'll tell you this. In the same way that I never stopped traveling last year and this year. I mean, we've not stopped. <laughs> I think the only time we were home, some of you, you remember, because we, we were home to do the uh, Spirit of Faith sessions at night. We did twice a day, morning and night, for probably over a month. Switched to Dominion uh, after that. But I think April and maybe the beginning of May was the... Only time 
I was home last year and we never, we were actually in Detroit in the middle of a revival when the lockdown started. We just kept going and then kept on for the rest of the year nonstop. I never stopped flying. I never stopped praying for people. I never stopped laying hands on people. I never stopped preaching. Never stopped traveling. God opened every door. God blessed us more than we'd ever been blessed in one year. And then, last, and then this year, same thing. It's It's been nonstop. I was calculating this um, before we went to, before actually before we came here, and we've literally already this year, we've already been 31 weeks on the road in revival, 31 weeks, and we're only, and we're only in September. But God's continued to open the doors. And uh, you say, well, what are you going to do if, if it gets to that place of control? We're going to find another way to do it. We'll just find another... Uh, Find another way to do it. Whether we have to uh, just by faith, charter flights, whatever we got to do. But the, the gospel is going to continue to be preached. And we're going to see people changed by the power of God before it's too late. Jesus is coming soon. This is all, all this Bible prophecy that you're seeing come to pass. It should be a sign to you that the end is now. Jesus is coming and Jesus is coming soon. Let me pray for those of you that are watching. Again, I'm on YouTube all this week. Only YouTube. Not going to be on Facebook or Twitter, YouTube only. But let me pray for you at the end because I know, I know pe what people are dealing with because people have written in and people have told us in live meetings. And so I know what people are dealing with. I know the kind of uh, choices people are being forced to make because of their corporations and and uh, and for their families. I'm going to pray that God gives you a supernatural breakthrough at your job and that God supernaturally provides for your family so that there is not one down day, so that you don't suffer one down day, that you don't suffer one, not even one small amount of lack, not even one. I'm gonna believe God that miracles will take place for you and your family and that you won't suffer one loss in Jesus' name, not one, that your life doesn't have to revolve around a government stimulus check in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name I pray for every faithful person that's watching and listening. I pray in Jesus' name that you would open up the windows of heaven over their house and pour them out a blessing that they don't have room to contain. I pray in Jesus' name that they would have favor and breakthrough at their job, number one. I pray in Jesus' name that they would have favor and breakthrough on their job. I pray, Lord, that even if they have a job that doesn't accept a religious exemption, that something would happen where they actually are able to be exempted. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, that if, if that, literally, if that door shuts, that you would open a far greater door, a far better job, better paying, better benefits. I pray it in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you would protect every person physically from every sickness and every disease. In Jesus' name, let healing virtue flow through your people today by the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you for that. Thank you that you kept us from harm and danger. Now we're asking you to be our supernatural provider in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, for those that lost jobs already because of this control issue, I pray in Jesus' name 
that you would supernaturally provide for them, supernaturally provide for them, give them better jobs. I pray that you would give them supernatural sources of income and that they'll never lose one thing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Take care of their children, take care of their families. I pray that they'd always have more than enough in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that you'd give people peace that passes all understanding. I pray that you give them joy that overflows in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Joy that overflows. Any spirit of heaviness that tries to attach itself to God's people during what's going on right now, I take authority over it in the mighty name of Jesus and command it to loose its grip. No more anxiety or anxiety attacks. No more depression in Jesus' name. I take authority over suicidal thoughts that people have had and I lose the peace of God and the joy of the Holy Ghost. We thank you for it. Lord, keep us strong. Let us stand boldly in these final moments of time in Jesus' mighty name and let revival hit America and the nations of this world by the power of your spirit. We thank you and we give you praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody, if you believe it, shout amen. Throw some hands up in the comments. Throw some fire in the comments section. If you believe it's gonna be the best end of a year that we've ever had in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. It's gonna be the best end to a year that we've ever had in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We're here in Billings, Montana through the week. If, if God's blessed you through this ministry, I'm gonna ask you to sow a seed by faith. You can go to miracleword.com. Partner with us, stand with us. People are being changed literally every single week. We've seen the best testimonies this year than I've ever seen. I mean, God is moving supernaturally. And uh, it's time to get to work. It's time for revival to hit. We're not waiting on revival. We are revival. We are revival. And you're the victory tribe. And I thank God for you. So I want to encourage you. If you would, jump on to miracleword.com. Click on the partner page. You can partner with us there. If you'd like to sow a seed, click the give page. All the different ways to sow seed are there. And uh, we're gonna bless you this month for anybody that's partnering with us. We're gonna bless you. We're gonna send you a gift. If you'd like to receive it, go to miracleword.com forward slash offer. And you can sign up to receive your gift there. We love you a lot. You can watch us tonight. Uh, I'm in mountain time. So as we start the service at 6.30 here, it's at 8.30 on the East Coast. And then, of course, Carolyn will be in Fitchburg, Massachusetts on Saturday for the Women's Conference at Crossroads Community Church. And then I'll be in uh, Logan, West Virginia, starting next Sunday for Revival. Can't wait to see all of you that are coming to the Victory Tribe Homecoming Weekend in November. Uh, all those details are on the uh, schedule, but we're going to be in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Cannot wait to hang with you guys. Cannot wait to see you. Make plans to be with us for that Friday night. I would love to have you in person uh, at uh, Central Assembly of God in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, right outside of Allentown. And it's in November. And then, of course, the day after, all of our partners, it's full. We've got a 100 of our partners that are going to be with us there for the lunch. And we're going to hang out at the Renaissance Hotel from 12 to 3. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see you guys. I love you. Remember, the best days are now. This is the best time to be a Christian there ever was. Be encouraged. Don't listen. Do not allow the enemy to discourage you. Be encouraged. It is the best time in history to serve the Lord. 
Best days are ahead of us and not behind us. Revival's happening right now. I love you guys so much. Thanks for hanging with me. I'll have something for you in the morning. You're not going to want to miss it. 10.30 a.m. We're right back here on YouTube. Be blessed. Have a great day. And I'll talk to you soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.